Welcome back. I'm Michael, and this is a THT podcast. On today's episode, I want to talk about paranormal activities because I've been reading posts on Reddit of you know paranormal activities that people's had, and I see a lot of posts on Reddit about some scary stories, and they're pretty scary. And sometimes myself, I get scared of of some stuff that I think of when I'm trying to go to sleep. But I just, you know, put, put my foot, put my foot up and just fall asleep like that. And my girlfriend, she's actually had like some paranormal activities growing up. She had way more than I have. And they are really scary. Sometime I, I might have her uh, in the pod, on the podcast sometime. I don't know when, but it'll happen soon. Um, and I only had a few paranormal activities and they're actually actually just shadows but it was growing up and i just didn't you know they didn't want to make it seem like it was real so i just blocked it out but let's get started on this post i found this this was a person talking about of someone wanting them to kill themselves a ghost and it's 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 been reoccurring with every person that moved into that apartment or house whatever it is and it's just it's just crazy how ghosts or whatever they are demons trying to make you do that sort of stuff but let's let's go ahead and read this i believe the ghost of a suicide victim tried to get me ki- to kill myself too i shared this story in a comment in the ask reddit post then realized it was probably appreciated here. This is a true story. Trigger warnings for suicide. My husband and I moved into an apartment a couple years ago where I started to basically go insane. It always felt like someone was watching me and I became horrifically depressed. I would go get so I would get so sad that sometimes I would even just spontaneously start crying. And I often fantasize about hanging myself in the rafters in this one room. I would sometimes hear the rafters creak and go in there, then imagine myself hanging in front of the window, being the cause of the creaking. I had been depressed in the past, but this was something on another level. I was seriously suicidal, despite being happily married and genuinely enjoying life before moving into this place. I thought that I had some serious mental illness that was emerging. Several months into living there, our neighbor, our sweet, a sweet old woman that had lived in the building for decades, told us that a young woman hung herself in the rafters in that room in the late 80s. She was discovered by a man walking his dog, who saw her hanging in the front of the window. Our neighbor said she was a very unfriendly person who kept to herself and never had anyone over. According to her, every single one of them, every single one of the female tenants, in their mid-twenties to early-thirties that have moved in since her suicide never renewed their lease past the first year and it and all seemed trouble, as she put it, while they lived there. I was 27 at the time, 
the exact same the exact same age she was when she died. My husband and I noped the fuck out of there pretty much immediately after we learned this. We still had a few months left on our lease, so we had to pay double rent during that time. But it was worth it. Literally, the day we got out, my mental health recovered completely, and it was been back to normal ever since. I believe with all my heart that she was there in the apartment with us, and for whatever reason, she wanted me to repeat history and endure the same fate as her. You see, it's it's crazy how demons, ghosts make you want to do that stuff. It, I, I've, I've never had that experience, but if one of you guys have, send me an email. It's It, it will be in my bio, but I never read a story of someone ever trying to do this. A ghost making them want to kill themselves. And just imagine, you know, waking up one one morning, you're by yourself, or waking up in the middle of the, the middle of the night, and you hear creaking coming from the room. And for if I, that was me, I wouldn't even get up to go look. But I'll just lay in bed, cover myself. But waking up in the middle of the night, going to go find that what that creak is, and it's getting louder and louder and louder as you're getting closer to the door to where it's at. And once you open the door, you see a hanging woman just there, swinging side to side. That would just be so scary to see for me. I don't know what I would do if I ever saw that. I just, I would never, you know, get it out of my mind. I'd probably be scared and, you know, uh, I, would, I wouldn't even live there. I would literally go live with my mom and get all my things out. I have people with me to get all my things out and then just freaking move into a new place. I wouldn't want to do that. But here's another story. It says, I heard a laugh from the inside of my closet. Let's see what this one has to say. So, I heard a laugh from the inside of my closet. So this happened yesterday. I was sitting in my room and kept seeing shadows out out of the corner of my eye. Me and my sister were watching some type of show. And then I hear it. A laugh. But it came from the closet. It was faint, but sounded like a wicked old woman type of laugh. I told my sister I was going to the bathroom and ran out the room. I felt pretty guilty leaving my sister in there, so I went back to get her. But when I got in the room, she wasn't there. I called her name, and she came out of the bathroom. I asked why she looked so pale, and she said I heard laughing and thought it was me, but... She realized I wasn't even in the room. She ran out of the room as well. The craziest thing is I never even told her I hear, I heard laughing. So now I'm scared to even look in my closet. Wow. <laughs> that reminds me of one story when I was a kid. Um, I've never seen nothing in this closet. Like, this was real. I, Me, my brother... And my other little brother shared a room. And on that room, I think we broke the wall by accident. One time we were roughhousing. And we we broke the closet wall. And on this, it was like a big old hole. And one day, my sister said she saw something in there. I never saw nothing in there, but she saw something in there. And my mom, you know, she was there and she felt like a strong presence coming from the closet so she called the pastor to come bless the house and he even said himself like i feel something real evil right in this area and it's just it's 
I feel its presence just here. And he started praying and praying and praying, throwing holy water and stuff at it. And sure enough, that house that we lived in was a house that people used to do witchcraft in. And lucky for me, I never saw anything my entire life. Well, I did see, I saw one thing only, but everyone else saw stuff but me. Um, I think I should probably tell, say the story now and, you know, just read more stories afterwards. Um, when I was a kid, I couldn't even reach the light. I was too short. The light looked high for me. So my bro- my older brother gets up. He's like, I'm going to go to mom's room. And he got up and I was scared of the dark. I was like, Jesse, no, stop, dude. Wait for me. And I was I was under the blanket, but didn't want to get up and run. So he walked towards the door, and he turned right, went to towards my mom's room, right. And I was looking at the door, and I was uh, I was thinking to myself like I'm gonna I'm gonna uncover myself and I'm gonna run to my mom too. And when I was about to, I seen the shadow figure that looked like my brother's figure approach from the left side of the door, and I was like, wait, I was like, Jesse, is that you? Jesse, he, the figure was just there standing, looking at me. It did not say nothing. And to me, he didn't look like he was standing up. It looked like he was on his knees, but straight up. And he turned to the right and walked towards my mom's room. And I was like, oh my God, I was so scared because in my head, I remember seeing my brother walk to my mom's room. He didn't turn left. He walked, he turned right. And that figure came from the left side and that scared the hell out of me and I got up and I just took off running to my mom's room I didn't I never told him anything but I told my my brother and my sister and everyone I told him this like a few years ago when I was already old and they were like what for real and it, it scared the hell out of me because that that figure did not respond or anything and it you know it came from the opposite side from my where my brother went to and it scared me so bad I did not know what to do I just had to get up and freaking run it was so scary here's this other one i want to read it says i got attacked by something in my barracks room this actually just happened to me about 15 minutes ago i'm currently in my car in the car parking lot outside my barracks typing this right now i was in the room in my room getting ready for the week and my closet light flickered i didn't think anything of it just shitty army barracks I continued hanging up my laundry, cleaning around my room, and all my lights went out. It kind of spooked me, and I went to turn them on, and then they all worked fine. But just after I turned on my main light, I felt like something grabbed my shoulder and pulled me. I really started to freak out here. I felt sick and lightheaded. And I drank some water and sat in my chair to really ponder <clears throat> what the fuck just happened. I kept feeling sick for a good 30 minutes. And I decided to lay down after af- to lay down. After laying down a bit, my whiteboard hanging on the wall somehow unhooked itself and fell. I immediately got up and put it put on my shoes and a sweat sweatshirt to just leave. <clears throat> I misplaced my keys and I started to panic. And I felt burning pain in my abdomen. I completely ignored it and just focused on getting out of there. I eventually found my keys and I started to head to my car 
when that burning pain came back. I almost had to stop because of the burning. Got so bad, but I kept moving. I got into my car where I where I am now, and I lifted up my sweatshirt to see what it was. I have three scratch scratch marks where I felt burning. My heart dropped when I saw them, and I felt like crying. I have no idea what to do. I don't know who I can talk to about this, so I just thought this subreddit was my best bet. I don't know how much at all about this stuff. I never really believed in the ghosts, but I also never really denied they exist. I'm not a religious person at all. I never thought this sort of thing actually happens, and I'm terrified. If you know anything about anything, if you know anything about anything, please let me know. Thank you in advance. Update. I talked to my leadership and they went to they want me to stay another night to see if it persists. Kind of sucks, but whatever. I'm going to try and get some stuff on camera if things happen tonight. Also, here is a pic of the scratches. Okay, I ha I'm, I haven't looked at the pic, but I will soon. Update 2. Sorry for not updating the past day or two. I've just been busy with work and having to deal with this whole situation. I read a good chunk of your comments and I appreciate the amount of support you guys are showing. But there's a lot of questions there and I'm going to clear some up. So I stayed in my room the night after, after as my leadership asked me to do to see if it persists. And to my surprise, nothing much really happened. The only thing that really kind of weirded me out last night was... That it was absolutely freezing in the room, the window wasn't open, and the air conditioner wasn't on. So I have no idea how it could possibly be cold as it was. I read some comments mentioning cold spots, but as I understand, it's only a spot, not normally a cold room. During the night, my sleep schedule was off, and the whole night I would always wake up in kind of a daze or confused on where I'm at. The confusion would go away seconds after I wake up and gain my sense back. I'm going to try to get a camera or some sort to record during the night. If anybody has any recommendations on cameras to look into, I'd appreciate it. But for now, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in my room again tonight. And I guess we'll just see if anything happens. I'll update tomorrow after work. Anything that's out of the ordinary. Thanks again, everybody. Wow, being scratched like that as well, that's just, it's just, I, I, I don't know how it could be in such pain, you know, getting scratched in real life, I don't feel like it would be too painful, well, I mean, some scratches are painful, but <laughs> I just never been scratched by a ghost, I wouldn't know, um, and especially in the barracks, in the army barracks, how the hell would there be a ghost there, like, did someone die or something there? I don't know, but it's, I wouldn't want to stick around and see, and I'm surprised, you know, the, the, the superior told him, you know, stay there one more night, and if it persists, we'll move you to another barrack, I, I just never want to experience stuff like this, honestly, okay, here's another one, I ran an estate sale in the, in the old bungalow, there was something in that house, <clears throat> A few years ago, I worked for a company that conducted estate sales. Super fun job. You can get so much good shit as an estate sales, just FYI. Anyways, someone contacted the company about a potential sale at a family home. It ended up being too small for the company, so they suggested I 
could do it for them on my own time. Can't remember my fee, but it was pretty easy work. I met the family at the house. It was a 1920s bungalow in St. Paul, Minnesota. Had been in the, in the family since it was built. I fell in love with it. It was completely untouched and has so much potential. The family was very nice. The house had belonged to their aunt, who was basically the neighborhood witch. Ooh. She was reclusive and angry, and they, and they neighbors weren't fans. She had died, don't know if it was in the house or not, and the family was settling for the estate. The estate. I started organizing and pricing items alone in the house. The second floor had already been cleared, so I was only working on the main floor. I started hearing footsteps immediately above me when I was in the dining room. I went upstairs above the dining room with a large bedroom paint, painted bright pink. Above the dining room was a large bedroom painted bright pink. The rest of the upstairs was a half bath, a large attic space, and a small attic space access through a small door on the landing. Nothing was out of the ordinary. I brushed it off, blamed the wind. I then realized that it was completely still outside. My sister came over to see the house where we were in the dining room when they started above us. Footsteps. I looked up. I looked at her and shrugged. I knew it wasn't my imagination. The sale started even though the second floor was empty. The house was on the market so people could look around. People started coming down, coming up to me and saying things like, Wow, the pink bedroom is creepy or something. It's definitely going up on in that bedroom. I was a little freaked but stayed calm. Then an elderly Native American man came to the cell. When he came downstairs, he mentioned me to come over. He said, do you know that there is something in that pink room? I said that I had heard things, but I thought it was probably a good spirit. I was being hopeful, and he just shook his head while making direct eye contact and left. At the end of the cell, when I was packing, I heard a crash upstairs. The door to the small crawl space had blown out and had landed about two feet across the landing. House sold immediately. Whoa. <laughs> Hell no, forget that. Being at a house like that by yourself, oh man, it just freaks me the hell out. Like my girlfriend was going to go to Dallas, and I was going to do this podcast, and I was thinking to myself, man, what if I do this podcast, read all these scary stories, and then I'm here by myself, and... I, you know, have my pets with me, but my pets ain't going to do nothing. They're just going to sit there and look around while I'm over here being all scared. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do with Shalise? Uh, but a good thing, you know, her, her, it got canceled when she was going to go to Dallas. So now she just, she just went ahead and stayed home. Um, but a good thing I'm not by myself, though, because <laughs> I could read these stories and then I could just have my girlfriend with me. <laughs> Um, let me see. Here's this next one. It says, oh, no. Oh, I know you through your brother. It has a 634 upvotes. And this one's an encounter. Okay, so this is, 
Oh, I know you through through your brother. This happened when I was 17. I am 41 now. And the rest of the story happened tonight, only a few hours ago. Oh, snap. I used to practice lucid dreaming and astral project projection starting at around this age. And honestly, I got really good at it. One night, I was going into a deep meditation and slipped into a lucid dream. I woke up in a field that was completely dead and the sky was orange. There were hundreds of people walking with their heads down, all going the same direction. Every single person was sad, depressed, and just flat out ignored me. I wasn't sad though. I think I was the happiest person there. As I'm walking along, along I see this old fence, like a post fence on a farm I guess. And it was as far as I could see both left and right. The only way through was to go over. But there was this unusual tall man there leaning against the fence staring in the, peop in the people walking towards it. I walked up and just started talking to him, with him. He was extremely ugly with mangled teeth that were really sharp and he had black eyes, shoulder length black hair and very oily skin as I'm talking with him he seems extremely annoyed like what are you even doing here kind of look after a few minutes of trying to interact with him he turns to me and says oh I know you through your brother he takes his pointer and his he takes his pointer middle and middle finger and touches me on my left side right below my ribcage and I can't describe the feeling ex except it hurt and tickled at the same time. And I was basically zapped into blackness. I awoke in another dream, but that didn't even have any significance to what happened last night. My brother has been staying with me until he can get into his new place. And we were talking last night about all sorts of weird things we haven't, we've been through. Just in these past months. I mean seriously weird. He explained that last week he had a vision one night. A demon came to him in his sleep and entered into his left side. He said it was so vivid that he woke up hitting, literally punching his left side below his ribcage. Because he could actually still feel it when he awoke. His description of the demon was very similar to what I had seen years ago. Last night was the first night I had never I had ever told him about my dream. We are both freaked out. I don't know if this would be considered paranormal. Anybody ever have seen similar happens? That didn't make sense. Edit. I started this post last night and finished this morning. My brother is 2.5 years older than me. Okay, let me tell you about lucid dreaming. At one point, uh, what, how old was I? I think I was 18 years old. I was looking into lucid dreaming because I heard some cool stuff about it. I told my little brother, uh, and you know, we closed the door and we both lay down on the floor. And the video that I saw was the way to do a lucid dream is to lay down, close your eyes, and try not to move, and picture just picture yourself you know on the rope going up 
putting yourself up. And once you're doing that, you'll feel relaxed and your body will start to tingle. And that's where I was. When I was doing the lucid dream, my body started tingling. I was picturing myself pulling myself up on a rope and I just never got past that because I didn't know what else to do. But my body started tingling, my hand, my fingertips started tingling and everything and and uh, my body was feeling like a little bit cold. And, uh, and I... After that, I just I didn't didn't know what to do, so I just got up and told my brother, ah, I told my brother like, ah, oh, let's let's get out of here. I don't know how to do this. So he's like, he said, okay. So we just never did it again. But I guess I was close to lucid dreaming. But I always wanted to feel about how lucid dream is, because I hear some cool stories where people say you'll get out of your you have an outer body experience where you leave your body from from sleeping or whatever. And, you know, you could go anywhere, fly and do anything. And I always thought that was cool. So I was like, oh, let me try that because I want to see if I can fly into the sky because I want to know how it feels to fly. And I just never, I just could never get past that tingly part from your body. It's just, it was just too hard to do. So I just gave up and I just told my brother not to do it no more. So we just never did that no more. Um... Here's this next story I wanted to read as well. It's unexp- It says unexplained on the category, but it says time travel traveler just wanted a quick bite. That's weird, but let's go ahead and read it. Okay, so I don't know if this applies as something paranormal, but it's definitely strange. I work as a waitress at a local chain and have for a few years. Of course, like anyone else in the service industry, I have my hair I have my fair share of horror stories, but there's one particular story I don't always share because I'm not sure how to explain it. During one mid-shift where I was the only server on the floor, maybe 3.30 in the afternoon, I had a man come in. He sat by himself by the window. I don't remember much about him or really what he wore. I was busy with other tables and I didn't see him leave either. Once the restaurant calmed down for for a bit, I finally got around to cashing out my checks that's when I noticed when that the man had paid all it all in one dollar bills. His check mate was maybe fifteen, but he left twenty five. All in one dollar bills. The bills smelled strange and looked sorta of worn. And then I looked closer and realized every single bill was from the year 1952. I still have the stack of ones. Stack of ones. I'm not sure what I want to do with them, but it's a nice memento, memento of strange restaurant guests. Wow. Edit. Here's a photo of them. I had the year wrong, 1957. But yes, they do say silver certificate. I'm no expert. All right, let's look at this photo because I'm kind of interested in looking at this photo. Looking at this photo. They look the same. Oh, no. I'm wrong. The photo looks the same on the, on the dollar bill, but it has like a number one on it. And it says this certificate is legal. Tender for all debts, public and preservative. Private. I don't know why it's a preservative. Yeah, this looks all worn out and stuff. There's like smudges on it. 
But why would she smell the dollar bill? That's I wouldn't smell someone's dollar bill. That's gross. But I don't know if that was a ghost. Cause that that didn't sound like no ghost. Maybe she saw the dude. Well, maybe she didn't see the dude walk out when he was done. And maybe he had that money that he was an old guy. He had a bunch of money left. He, he was maybe rich or something. And he just kept the money and, you know, went to go eat with it. Paid his bill and left without her even seeing him. So maybe she's just, she's just, you know, tripping or something. But I wonder if that money is worth something. Because it's 1957. It's pretty old. Or maybe not. I don't know. But it would be cool if uh, if it was worth something. Oh, look. Someone commented right here about the daughter. I actually collect coins and currency. And every year, nomensist, uh, I can't say that, and collectors from all across the country like country, like to participate in the great American coin hunt. This happens usually during the, the month of April where collectors, dealers, and experts like to release old coins and bills back into circulation in order for people, for new people to pick up on the hobby. Some collectors continue this tradition by spending an old coin or notes every now and then to keep the hobby alive. In this case, judging on the quality of the bills, your patron was most likely an old collector or dealer trying to put these bills back into circulation to pick up someone else's interests and to introduce them to the new hobby and that's exactly what it did if it questions you and you've kept them till this day haha the best way to reintroduce these bills into circulation is by spending them which is extremely what he exactly what he did rather giving it Back, giving it to a bank who will most likely destroy them. Silver certs in the condition, especially 1957, were mass produced and sell for around $1.50 each. Oh, that sucks. Wait, you know what? Well, I guess that doesn't suck. It's like, you know, 50 cents more for the dollar. I would still definitely keep these, cherish the memory with, that they hold, and... It's also an amazing piece of history that you can hold in your hands. Happy collecting. You see, I was right. So that dollar is is worth just 50 cents more. So they'll give you an, a dollar with 50 cents. That sounds so stupid, but okay. Uh, so back to that dude. See, I knew he, I knew he was not no ghost or something. He was just a collector. He was trying to put out that money to, you know, recirculate it. And she just probably didn't see him leave. So so that's not a good story then. I mean, it's interesting that someone did that with the money. <clears throat> but, well, here's this next story. Let me click it. Okay. My family has been haunted by the woman we believe my aunt's ex-husband murdered. <clears throat> Hello. I have a story to share. But it's also a healing post in a sense for me. I am posting this on a throwaway account for obvious protection reasons. My ex-uncle is now dying and I feel safe to tell my paranormal life experience. With that now happening, this is something because the circumstances we can't 
we can't talk about much. If this isn't allowed, please delete. This story does entail details of a possible crime, but that does not mean much. Other than that, other than our beliefs due to our experiences, no, we have never talked to police about it, and we have no grounds to do so anyway. My aunt, well, call her Jane, married, we'll call him Jackson. Back in 1997, Jane and Jason bought a house in 1999 and had two kids together. Jason was not the nicest man. He was a drug addict, a very abusive. As a teenager, I stayed with my aunt, aunt almost full time to help her with the kids. So that's why I can tell this story. I was there for 99% of the timeline. Jason was in the medical field and he traveled a lot for work. Due to their bad marriage, Jason was not the guy to call home or care about home when he was away on trips. They never talked at all. So you can understand Jane's surprise when he called her while away on a business in Salem, Massachusetts, one night in 2002. He proceeded to tell her in, com in complete excitement and seemingly adrenaline, Jane, I just had to call and tell you about this movie I watched. Jane, already confused by him calling just to say, just said, oh, okay, he tells her. The movie was about a guy who decided to follow a satanic cult, watched them do a ritual for a human sacrifice, and then they let him sacrifice this woman. He drowned her in a river. It was the craziest movie. Jane was so confused. Why the hell is he calling to tell her about the movie? She just went with it to end the conversation. Something about the movie story gave her a really bad feeling. This was the start of our horror. Things began to get weird in the home. It started with Jane's son, Kay, we'll call him. He is a very special boy. He's on the spectrum and he couldn't talk until he was probably three or four. He began to have conversations in his own language with the walls. He would laugh, giggle, and babble for hours. At first, we thought it was cute and said he was talking to his angels. Over time, however, that changed. One day, he was doing his usual talk in the basement, basement playroom. This room is where it began and usually stayed. Jane and I went to make some sandwiches for lunch. As we were making the sandwiches, we all of a sudden hear Kay scream this horrific scream. The type that pushes you in an instant run before you can process the sound. We flew to the basement stairs and see Kay running up the stairs with his look of absolute fear and terror on his face. He then said as clear as day, monster, it gave both of us chills. He was so terrified that was the clearest he ever spoke. After that, the basement playroom changed. It became a terror room. It started with the spider webs that showed up one day. We were coming up, coming in to pick the room a bit. We walked to find some webs lining the corner of the walls. They were so thick they couldn't even see the walls. We were baffled on how they showed up there so quickly in such quantity. We cleaned them off the wall with a vacuum. One week later, the spider webs came back. We cleaned them back again. We cleaned it again and they never came back after the third time. 
Then water pipes started breaking one day. We discovered a leak in the room, so we called in professionals. They took down the walls to find the leak. They were baffled at the fact that the leak was only in the corner of the room. They couldn't explain it. They fixed the leak, drywalled it, and painted it. Three months later, the, week ha- the leak happened again and again, only in the corner of the room. It was repaired again three months later. They broke again in the same fashion. They never broke again after the third time. One night we had family all staying over, so due to space, I had to make a bed in the basement playroom. I was trying to sleep when I, all of a sudden I felt extreme fear. My rational mind was trying to figure out why I was so scared. I was terrified to move and I couldn't understand it. I finally talked myself down and shifted my leg. When I moved my leg, I heard loud stomping that started running towards me in the dark. I mean loud. I was terrified. Once the stomping reached me, it got quiet. It took all of my strength in me to scream. The fear was immense. After screaming for a few minutes, Jane finally ran down the stairs and turned the light on. No one was there or in the basement. I never went into the room again after that. Over years, we had constant experience at 3 a.m. a lot of nights. If you were awake, you would hear a woman's blood-curdling scream go through the whole house. It would sound like it came from every direction. One occasion, we heard what sounded like a woman drowning or choking in the basement in the middle of the night. We ran down the stairs to see what was happening, and no one was there. We went back upstairs. We heard in two more times. Each time we went downstairs, no one was there and no sound. It was woman drowning. It was terrifying. This person went on for years. One night after Jane and myself were talking about how horrible things were getting in the house, we began to talk about why. Why is this woman here and tormenting us? It seemed to start after Jason's silent trip. We talked about the weird call, the movie. We kind of came to the conclusion that this was no movie. Jason was framing this experience he had as a movie so he could tell someone. Anyone. We came to the conclusion that he was this guy that drowned the woman in the river. All of the water issues that made no sense. All of the three patterns she followed him and was haunting us. Not that this is actually what happened. Just It just fit together. At this point, I was 17. I wanted to understand more, so I had a brilliant idea after watching paranormal shows to bring over a tape recorder. I bought this recorder and Jason was out of town again, so it was a perfect time to do it. We put the tape recorder in the basement playroom. At about midnight, we decided to leave it recording for the whole night and just see what we got. I woke up at 7 a.m. the next day, went to the room, and got the recorder. I looked at it, and it was no longer on, and it said low battery. So I figured that it died during the recording and shut it off. I was excited to see that it still had three hours of recording audio on it. We sat down and started to play the recorder. We heard water running through the whole recording. 
It was like I felt in the bathroom with running water. Yet, there was no bathroom or sink in the basement. We heard voices, toys going off by themselves, and random footsteps. It was pretty creepy. So at about an hour and 30 minutes into it, I decided to just fast forward to the end to see if it really was the battery dying that shut off the recorder. I was fast forward to the last five minutes. You hear water sound and then all of a sudden we hear what sounds like fingers moving across the recorder. Then it was so loud it pierced our ears as we listened to this. It felt like I just stopped breathing. I was in a total shock at what I was hearing. Then after 30 seconds of the scream, it stopped. The fingers started to move across the recorder again. And then as clear as day, a woman's voice says into the recorder, why? Then you hear someone push the stop button. I have since lost this recorder, unfortunately. I wish I would have kept better track of that. We bought investigators into the house and nothing came of it they probably thought we were nuts jane finally left jason and he is now dying from illness i still have occasional experiences and so does jane i hope when he finally leaves this world the drowned woman goes with him as i've gotten older i realize how much of a tormented soul she is whoever she is i hope she can finally eventually be free of that Thanks for reading and letting me share my story. Edit. I feel like I need to clarify a few things due to some comment of the comments. With the water pipes in the basement room was right underneath the kitchen. There were some water pipes that ran through the basement room on the exterior part of the walls. When the pipes broke and flooded the room, it was only flooded in the corner of the room. As for the cops thing, this was almost 20 years ago. Once we put two and two together, we had been dealing with this for close to 10 years at the point. We did some research and found nothing. Thus, we really didn't have anything to go and only a weird story he told and a ghost woman. We never felt we had grounds to go to, on to call anyone. I've mentioned in the comments I am going to talk to my aunt and see how she feels about really looking into this. He was not a nice man and honestly she has been terrified of him and that had huge play onto it. I wasn't the most responsible person so yes, I did lose crucial evidence. It happens. Honestly, I think it ended up with my aunt and just lost track of it. This story is true and I understand people questioning that. It's my truth and no one can know my truth as their own. I respect everyone's opinion and appreciate all their feedback as I've gotten. I'm just glad to tell this story after so many years. Wow. That's that that'll be too that'll be it for me. Just me sleeping in the basement and then something something's like running toward like you hear running noises running towards you in the dark and you cannot see nothing and all you hear is them stop right in front of you oh that would be so scary man i wonder how people could have these experiences and when the pipes broke it only flooded the corner room 
maybe the maybe it was not leveled right so maybe that's probably why but if she had the recording that would have that the world would be in shock of why but people would probably still be calling it fake that it was staged but that her uncle killed someone and called his wife to tell her like it was a movie but he really did so the ghost was just lingering around followed him home followed him home and stayed in that house and still after the uncle and the aunt broke up the i guess the ghost still was you know messing with them but the uncle's finally dying so hopefully this ghost leaves with him and stops you know tormenting people she's probably like the courage the cowardly dog you know trying to tell his, her aunt and she's like bleh, 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 you know trying to freaking tell the aunt and stuff and the aunt won't understand oh I miss the courage the cowardly dog I need to see it again uh there's this other one my scientist dad admitted to preconnective dreams hmm let's look at this one this one looks kind of interesting <sighs> it's a dream so worried this it's not too long i mean it's long but not too long hello lovelies it's your cl- uh your clarifactory comrade here to tell you about family ties that bind no nah, i'm just playing <laughs> my day spent my day spent his life my dad spent his life studying but became an x-ray technician in the navy worked as an x-ray technician in a hospital and eventually moved into plant biology and entomology, more specifically. He decided the human medical field wasn't for him, and ironically became known as the bug doctor. He was a man to see for all the farmers in the area. He even had a weekly radio show that I will never live down called the Boothiel Bug Report. Boot heel or booth heel? I don't know, but I think it's boot heel bug report. Yeah, that one might be right. All this to say that man lives, sleeps, and eats and sweats science. But today he admitted to me that there must be something to the unknown because sometimes, just sometimes, his dreams actually come true. Insert my surprise Pikachu face here. This man engulged my curiosity concerning all things creepy, but he always explained things with logic and science. I've known for a long time that my paternal great-grandmother, Pearl, was 100% Native American, but she would never admit it to let alone tell my grandma, Katie, what tribe she belonged to. Just from looking at my grandma Katie, you could see she wasn't entirely Caucasian. Anyway, Grandma Katie has always had this really mystical quality about her. Our favorite pastime was running around the zoo making pressed pennies. The machine always gave a random design, but Grandma Katie knew exactly what was going to come out every single time. She was the kind of lady whose mere presence could quite quiet a screaming baby she regularly got wild animals to eat from her hand 
So I had no doubt that great grandma Pearl had a hand in my abilities, but I never thought the bug doctor got any of that. Today, he let slip some time in my, in my life. He would give me crazy warnings like I don't care. I don't take your usual route or set three alarms. I just always did what I, what he said, even if it sounded nutter butters. Turns out all those warnings he had a dream that night before. So far, I avoided some real bad scenes. And then he reminded me of the Christmas at my grandma's Florence's house, maternal grandma, where my cousin's darn near left because he said something to her. He had a dream that she was pregnant with a boy that she would name him after departed grandpa. He forgot it was a dream and asked her when the baby was due and she was livid. Two weeks later, she called and apologized. She was actually, she actually was pregnant at Christmas, but didn't know yet. A while later, she confirmed it was a boy, asking how did her uncle, my dad, know. He made up some excuse, but had not told her yet that he knew the name of her baby. She gave birth to Warren, having decided to use grandpa's middle name. My sister's son is proud recipient of grandpa's first name. To this day, my cousin was a holiday joke. Every year where she asked my dad what he dreamt about the previous night. So yes, paranormal gifts do run through my family. They have differed through the generations, but no amount of science or logic has been able to stop them. Clarification. I actually really do love science. Growing up, my dad would tell me the biology of plants, insects, fish, reptiles, animals. We bond over love and understanding nature. We went bird watching and fishing. He taught me he taught me how to climb rocks and how to train dogs. Early on, I knew that what ecosystems and conver- conversation methods were. I learned how to take care of our bees, which insects were pests and were beneficial. He kept the garden in front of the our apiary at the at any time. I could pick whatever I wanted to eat out of it. I knew what was mint and what was milkweed. I showed my only friend how to eat honeysuckle. Science is amazing and we desperately need more of it. But there are more things in heaven and earth horato than are dreamt of in our philosophy. So there are good benefits of having paranormal powers, I guess. I'll, I'll call this powers because he is basically able to dream about someone and know what's going to happen next. Like she was pregnant and she didn't even know, but he dreamed of it. And sure enough, she was pregnant and named a son after her grandpa. So he is basically like a fortune teller. So imagine you go to a fortune teller. He's there, you know, $5 for a fortune tell. Someone goes in there and, and they're like, oh, I'm here to get a fortune tell. I'm here to get my fortune read. And he's like, okay, okay. Uh, just give me $5 and come back tomorrow. And they're like, what? Why am I going to come back tomorrow? I'm not going to give you my money. He says, trust me, just give me the $5 to come back tomorrow. And, you know, 
goes to sleep, has a dream, and tells her, wait, before you say anything, you are so-and-so-and-so. And sure enough, she was like, oh, my God, you know, having that type of experience. <laughs> I would pre- that, that will actually be a pretty cool paranormal power to have, I guess. You know, having sleeping and knowing the future. Um, yeah, that would be a crazy one. Here's another one I want to um, talk about. This one's unexplained, so... But it's, it starts off saying, when I was six, I ended up cuddling with a ghost. My father used to come home late around 12 a.m. for from company hangouts or some friends. I would always come into his bedroom and lay next to him when he was asleep. Sometimes we would watch movies together. P.S. My mom worked overseas, so the only people that took care of me was my father and fully full-time nanny. Long story short, I wake up around the same time as I always, as always, 12 through 12 through 2 a.m., sorry, and headed over to my father's bedroom. My nanny was asleep, but she was a light sleeper anyway. I would sleep with her in the living room because I was afraid to sleep alone. I walked in and see a figure that looks like my father under the bed sheets. I lay on the bed and hug it. It breathes up it breathes up and down and takes my hand and puts it around itself. I wake up the next morning, the bed was made, and my nanny walks in and says excitedly, You slept alone. Later during the day my dad comes back. He was apparently at a friend's house, blackout drunk. What was hugging me that night? Edit. Holy shit. Now that I'm older, perhaps it was an intruder? Our neighbor did get robbed that year. What the fuck? So imagine the kid hugging just like a regular, a person that broke into the house. You know, it's, the kid's safe, so that's all that matters. Now he's older, so. But imagine, you know, you're waiting for your father, you're waiting for someone, and you go to the bed to lay with him. And you think it's that person, you freaking just lay down and you hug it. And you wake up the next morning and it's gone. I'll be freaked the hell out. I wouldn't, and, and, you know, the nanny said, you slept alone. I was like, what? No, my father was here. Oh, dude. See, all these people have these weird stories that are, that, they're just unexplainable. Here, let's see this other one. My cat comes to me when I'm sad. Let's read that one. Experience, this one is. So, when I was a kid, I had the prettiest cat ever. Her name was Ansa. We got her in 2004 when I was five years old. She was the best girl and we were literally inseparable. She always came came sleep next to me and whenever, wherever I was, she would come sit on my lap or near me if she was outside hunting she would come running whenever I called her and if I was sad or sick she would lick me and come lay next to me she started purring every time I looked at her and she purred loudly like she was the ultimate purr machine we lost her when I was in the army so I didn't have any chance to say goodbye 
it broke me when I got the message from my mom, where she told, where she told my cat had died when she was sleeping, but then again she was old, so I had been expecting it. We still had two cats, but still nothing could replace her. And as much as I loved the other cats, she was special. After that, whenever I'm visiting my parents, my parents' place, and I feel sad or anxious about something, I start hearing a quite soft purring underneath my bed, and it sounds like her purring. The first time I heard it, I thought that there's one of our other cats under my bed, but when I looked, I saw nothing, but I could still hear the purring. It's been almost two years now since she died, and the last time I heard the purring was last Saturday. My room's door was closed, so I knew there was no other cats in my room. I needed some alone time because my family can be a bit exhausting at times, and I was just laying on my bed feeling a bit down, and I started hearing it again. The soft purring under my bed nowadays, I don't even bother checking it because I know I can't see there a cat there. I just accept it, and it does calm me down. And makes me feel better. So whenever the purring is, it helps me. I just like to think that it's my pretty girl still wanting to make me feel better. Like she did when she was still with us. Aww. Makes me want to go hug my cat. Because <laughs> I have a dog and I have a cat. My dog is, I think, seven years old. And I don't even know how old my cat is. Maybe like four years old, I think. Yeah, four or five years old, probably. She's still young to me. I think she's still young. She's always freaking hyper at, like, at times. She's always running around. But, you know, once sometimes when I'm sad, when I have a bad day and stuff, um, she comes to me and she lays with me. She licks me. Like, one time I was, like, so sad. I was laying in bed alone. And it was in, it was in the middle of the night. And I was, like, awake. And she came to me. She laid next to me and started, started licking my arm and, and she just went to sleep. But usually when she does that, when she comes and lay next to me, once I move, she gets up and, ran, and runs. But that time when I was real sad, she laid next to me and I was tossing and turning. And the whole time when I was tossing and turning, she never got up and ran. She just stayed there and laid with me. And that was the only time she actually, you know freaking never got up and moved when I would move so I love my cat very much and my dog they're, they're they are my everything um on this one it says front desk at a hotel received a call from a previous dead guest Ooh, imagine that it's an experience it says all right I am only posting this under this sub because I don't know where else to and kind of need to get this out so i work at a front desk at a hotel and within this six this past six months we had a guest that passed away in one of our rooms because of this pandemic my boss has blocked off the room even after deep cleaning just to be safe due to the hotel business not doing so well he also has a couple rooms cut off from the power which means that none of the electronics are working for those rooms including phones this plays a big part 
Now our hotel has two phones up at the front, one for the external calls and the other specifically for internal lines, which are more only connected to the phones in each guest room. I was having another quiet day during my shift alone. Business isn't running as normal and all the housekeepers had left for the day. And the only staff left was the maintenance guy and I. I get a, a internal phone call from one of the rooms and answer it as I usually answer it as I usually do and it's just static noise along with a, with an occasional cut in between like the noise you get when you unplug your headphones from a device I didn't think anything at first and thought it was a guest accidentally calling the front desk so I waited a little more then hung up then I realized the call was from the same room that the guest passed away in there is no way that a call could be made from that room because the phone is unplugged. I was a little bit spooked, so I asked the maintenance who was just chilling in the back office to go check it out. The room to go check out the room and make sure the power is still out. He comes back and sure enough the phone is still unplugged. And even took pictures of it and also has a long a log of what rooms has power and all other machines mechanics at even we even checked the lobby cameras to make sure it, if someone didn't go to the rooms and nope nothing no housekeepers went in or out of that room at all within the past week just as we were done checking the cameras footage i received another call from the exact same room and this time it was silent for a good 10 seconds or so. Then the same static noise, but this time much louder. I hung up the phone so fast for a guest asked if everything was okay. I didn't tell her. I tried to think of every scientific possible way this could have been an internal mistake, such as an outside sales call accidentally getting cut caught within our internals calls but that's just impossible to begin with especially if the phone cord was not plugged in i guess i will update if anything else happens during my shift whoa so i guess i guess a guest died from the coronavirus in that room or something because they blocked it off and she was saying that that he died during the pandemic so uh so I'm sure he died from the coronavirus in that room and they cleaned it after they deep cleaned it the boss still just blocked it out because he didn't want guests to uh, go in there and stuff so that's what I'm guessing um, ooh, let's see this one Russian ghost in Afghanistan outpost oh look there's a thing in my stairs I want to read that one but we're, we'll read it after this if I could find it where is it at Oh no, yep, right there, okay. I'll read that afterwards. It says, Russian ghost in Afghanistan, outpost. So, obligatory, I am on mobile, so forgive me. I'll edit to fix spelling, syntax errors when I get on my laptop. I saw someone share a military paranormal experience earlier and it sparked me to want to share one of mine. I have only told this story to three people outside the old military buddies 
who have the similar stories to to this experience. First, I need to set the scene. Tucked in a mountain valley in Bag Bagland Bagland, Afghanistan, is a place called Russian Hill. Tapa Gugan is the best photonic phonetic spelling of the local name. We just called it Tapa. Tapa is the only hill and there is an entire valley and that is not by mistake. It is a burial mound that has existed since the time of Alexander the Great. Ooh, cool. Generations of locals have been buried here. This also includes the dead Russians from the failed invasion back in the 80s. Now what did the American Special Operations when they came to this valley? What? I don't know what she said there. Level off the top and stick a combat outpost on it. So this is where my story begins. I was a regular army paratrooper attached to the special operations team that built the outposts. One of the roles on the regular army guys was was to watch the radios at night. We would get weird babble on them at night, but that could be written off as interference through the years as a radio operator for my team led me to think otherwise. I had that duty one night, 2.45 a.m. through 3 a.m., my shift ends, and I walk down the hill to our little bathroom area. I'm doing my business in this little little cinder block hut with a hole when I hear walking up the hill next to me. Uh, I at first think nothing of it. Probably just one of the local guards coming up for a shift change. But being in the middle of the night, me in, in the combat zone, I do listen and pay attention. I can hear the sound of gear rattling, which I know for a fact that our locals don't wear gear with metal itch buckles or boots for that matter. I've been on patrol with them multiple times and they hang around the outpost. I know that they sound like when they move. This was not that. This was heavy set boots of a soldier in combat gear. Now, not wanting to die on the throne and the fact that I was one of very few Americans at the outpost, I decided I probably needed to know who was going up the hill. So I cracked the door and peeked outside and holy hell bananas, there is someone on the hill. It's happened to be most mostly a full moon and I had some decent ambient light. They were carrying an AK, so not an American. They also had on a uniform and not the typical Afghan garb. Not one of our ALPs at the point. They are close to the top of the hill and this person is not someone from the outpost. I grabbed my rifle and pop off the door and I run up the hill after them. I get to the top and not a single person was around. I walk over to the building where the radio guards is and knock on the door. My buddy answers and asks, what's up? I check to see if anyone else was up or came in there and he said, no, no one, no one has come out of the barracks, bummed a cigarette and laughed about what just happened. The next day, while eating lunch, we joked about it, and one of the special ops guys who had been there 
longer told us it was the resident Russian ghost. Claimed he started appearing after they used dirt from the hill to fill our Hesco baskets for the wall. Turns out they found some bones while doing it. He even told us that he had been face to face with it and even drew his sidearm. All the other guys kind of chimed in about their own creepy stories of the place. I got moved to another outpost a few weeks later. Always got super creepy feelings whenever we would visit there. Had a few more weird experiences there that the country has some energy to it. Whoa. So it was a place where they, everyone was, uh, you know, buried there. And even the Russians back from those days as well. So I guess it was hunting them because they used dirt from that area, from their resting spot. You know, and just it's just like, give me back my dirt. Give me that, give me back my dirt, bro. I want the dirt covering my body again. I'm cold, you know. But let's read this one with a thing in the stairwell. This one is, is a haunting one, so we'll, we'll see what this one's about. The thing in the stairwell. Oh, wait, is it long? Oh, it's pretty long. All right. Good for the podcast. The house I grew up in had always been in my family. It, it still is. It was built sometime in the late 1800s for my great, great, I don't know how many greats, Aunt Elizabeth. She lived in until she passed, passed away in her 90s, sometimes in her 60s, I think. The house sat empty for a few years. Then a family member asked my parents if we could, if we would like to live in it. I was six when we moved in. <clears throat> my mom, dad, brother, and myself. It was dusty as fuck and smelled like old books. I loved that smell. I didn't have carpet, but had dusty old quilt nailed to the floor. Elizabeth had made them and she was blind. The fabrics were whatever she had stitched together. Not, not pretty. Just functional. There was a mostly unfinished attic upstairs from the day we moved in until the day I moved out in 1995. The upstairs made the hairs of my arms stand up. Even just thinking about it right now, I have goosebumps. When you came up the stairs, you entered an open room that was in the center of the house. It was finished in thin walls that felt like barely more than cardboard. There was two windows with seats in the front and back to the sides where the roof would go down to the edge of the house, where doors were, were doors. The first time I went up there was with my dad when, and when I was six. He opened one of those doors and I saw rows of, I guess, quilts. <clears throat> I remember, remember thinking they were bodies rolled up. The room terrified me. I felt like something was in there that hated me. My dad knelt the door shut and never opened it again until and again the entire 15 years we lived there. The room on the other side was always used for storage. My brother and I shared a bedroom. Our parents didn't want us uh, upstairs since it was unfinished. They closed the locks to locked the door and led led the, to the upstairs that door was in the corner of our bedroom it stayed locked until my mom needed something the first night there it sounded like someone was walking slowly 
up and down the stairs and whispering, always whispering. At first, I couldn't tell what was being said and I thought it was my parents in the room. After a while, I discovered it was from the stairwell and whatever it was saying, things like the girl, the girl hears, the girl sees. The only girls, the only girl were in there, in here, the girl can't come in, punctuated by my name. It was so scary. My brother said he didn't hear it. Personally, I think he was a liar. The knob used to turn all the time. It was usually a slow wiggle, but sometimes it turned fast, back and forth, and the door shook like someone wanted out of there. I told my dad, he said, old house settle. My first memory of something happening outside of the stairs is kind of fuzzy, time-wise. I may have been eight or nine, but I remember it involved a puppet my brother had received for Christmas. It was animal from the Muppets. We had bunk beds and mine was on top. We used to hang blankets on the sides and pretend the beds were like big RVs and we go on long drives. So this night the blankets were hanging on my bed. My brother had fallen asleep and I was looking at a comic book. I thought I heard him moving around so I thought I'd scare the crap out of him real fast. I eased myself down the side of the bed and peeked in to see where he was. I peered in and that puppet was hanging by its arm, directly in front of him on the other end of the bed. Its head was flopped down. My brother was lying there completely still, staring at the puppet, wide-eyed. I looked at him for a bit, thinking he looked really weird. So I then looked at the puppet. The head was no longer flopped down. It was staring right at me, like making eye contact. It winkled and smiled those teeth, the plastic ones that we always played a bit with each other with. They weren't looking so plastic right now. The head flopped back down. You saw it too, he asked. I sure did. When we got rid of the animal right then, tapped his whole head, shut the duct tape, and put him in the trash bag. Then to the outside trash where our dad would burn him the next day. We thought we were smart. Don't worry, he doesn't come back. LOL. A few weeks go by, and we're back just doorknob wiggles. You know, normal old house settling. My brother and I got some old toys from a relative that lived down the street. They were awesome toys from the 60s. Old G.I. Joe rubber band guns and really cool old train sets with big metal racks. We played with a lot. Then it was bedtime and we took apart the tracks so the floor was clear. We leaned them against the wooden box that we put the trains in. The sharp end of the track sticking up towards the air on the left side of the bed. (laughs) I I had just fallen asleep on my top bunk when I heard the doorknob. It was really going tonight. Then it suddenly stopped and the room grew cold. I heard someone, something, whisper my name. It was not my brother. Then BAM! I was shoved hard from behind and knocked off the bunk straight for those metal tracks.
seriously thought I was going to die on them. But right when I got about halfway down, I felt like I was being lifted up by something warm and soft. It was put right back. I was put right back on my bed where I suddenly, suddenly so tired, I couldn't hold my eyes open. I heard a low hum and a weird sleep. I got up the next morning and I went out to see my mom making pancakes in the kitchen. I was telling her all, all about the weird dream I had. Right when I got to the part about something catching me, my brother came in and he said it wasn't a dream. He had watched the entire thing. He said he woke up right as I was falling off the bed and no one where, no one where a big hand was suddenly there and caught me. He said the hand patted him too and told him to sleep. And he did. Best sleep ever. After the house was pretty quiet for a few years until I had a sleepover when I was 11. Then so stuff amped up again. Boys calling me. Things scratching my arms and face in the night. Doors slamming and unexplainable cold. Getting shoved. There was a few super terrifying things that happened that I'll share separately. I've been gone from that house for 25 years, and every time I have a nightmare, it's there. <clears throat> so this dude was traumatized by the whole thing. Crazy. And honestly, I would never, ever, ever, ever move into a house where someone died. Because I wouldn't want to go through that experience, and I wouldn't want to be that guy to experience the stuff. So... Hell to the no on that. And I don't want to do that ever, ever. Because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big baby when it comes to stuff like that. I do not want to feel scared like that at all. And I, I want to do a podcast about scary stories one time. Like personal scary stories. And I'll probably bring my girlfriend in. And we'll talk about some scary stories and stuff. But yeah, this been this has been a good podcast, and I really liked the uh, <clears throat> this episode, this topic of the episode, and I think I might doing some, I might be doing some more Reddit readings of different stuff. Uh, I, I would like to read some folklore uh, episodes. Um, I don't know if I should do one or like a few of them. But it, it would be good to have a guest on to talk about some folklore and see what they think of it. That way the whole thing doesn't finish fast. And because I, I would like to talk about the Regaru or and the Mothman. And I don't know if you guys remember the show. I th uh, something tapes, Uncharted tapes, un something, something tapes. I don't know, it was about scary folklore stuff. It was about the Mothman. It was about, you know, uh, all these other stuff just like like that. It was old. I used to watch it a lot and I got so bored of it and I just stopped watching it because I would see it too much and I was like, eh, I don't feel like watching it anymore. But it, it was kind of scary at times. It would talk about, um, it would talk about some goat, some, some thing with goat legs that, that protected a, a damn bridge or something like that. And, it, it was cool to listen to at times, but now I don't even know where it's at now. I'll have to look it up on YouTube. But yeah, that was today's podca podcast, guys. I hope you guys really like 
really like this episode. And if you did like this episode, be sure to subscribe and to be notified when the next podcast is out. Uh, I do talk about a whole bunch of different stuff on this podcast. So, I, you know, I talk about from anything from anime, anime to conspiracy theories to scary stories to to happy times to regular stories like just anything i guess i'm a, a conversational podcast i guess that's what it, that's the category i stand in but yeah thank you so much for coming out and listening to this podcast guys and stay tuned for the next one uh i think it should be put out tomorrow hopefully but yeah thank you so much and i hope you guys have a great night peace out and stay cool